Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. You're going to hear him on the Chiefs-Jaguars call this weekend. He is the great Kevin Harlan on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Kevin, welcome to the show. Great to be on with you guys. Thanks for having me. I wish I wish we were talking about the Browns. Actually, in the uh, in the playoffs, we may be a ways from doing that again, like we were a couple years ago, and it was so exciting. And they had the playoff win in Pittsburgh. We had we did that game on Westwood, and uh, Baker had uh, the win, and the team looked like it was off and running. And then, uh, well, lots happened since then, hasn't it? My goodness, for the Browns. Yeah, it's funny is that, uh, you know, you're talking about we'd love to be talking about the Browns in the playoffs. Today's the rare show where we're like, you know, maybe we talk about something else today. We we need a little bit of a respite here. <laughs> you know, Kevin, I, I just mentioned the, the lopsided odds for a lot of these games here. Uh, you know, you're calling a game that people think is, is Kansas City and that's the way this is going to go and we're just playing the game to play it out. How do you approach a weekend like this where, you know, from the experts, expectation side of things there there aren't the expectations of, of really close playoff games like we got last weekend yeah you know I think that's always going to be kind of the narrative going in when you see games like this I don't know if the Giants expected to beat the Vikings and and they went out and played their kind of game I think people thought the Chargers would whack the Jaguars and and had that gigantic lead and then lost it I think that's the thing about the playoffs you know last year Cincinnati goes to Kansas City and the in the championship game, the Chiefs are favored. They have a big halftime lead, and they lose at halftime to Cincinnati. And the Bengals go on to the go on to the Super Bowl. Forty uh, ers last year were the uh, the big underdog against the Rams in the NFC Championship game in Los Angeles. And in the fourth quarter, the Niners were leading. So I I don't know if we can be guided by uh, clearly they, it serves as a way to frame the game. But at the end of the day. So many different things could happen. A player could get injured and they lose him for the game. There could be an inordinate amount of turnovers. It could be all kinds of different things that, that happen. And I just think that you're always kind of on guard because you just don't know. And, and we only have to look to last week to see that even in a, in a 27 to nothing game, uh, the Jaguars came back and won it in stunning fashion. Um, I don't know that people thought that Tampa Bay would lay down the way they did against Dallas, and they showed almost nothing. And and Dallas goes on to win, and you could just see the elation because there's so much uncertainty in these playoffs. How about San Francisco going to Green Bay last year and winning in snow and in sub-freezing temperatures? 
with Garoppolo and beating Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau, uh, you know, in that kind of weather. I mean, I, again, um, I, I get I get the odds, and I, I get where you've got to kind of take the game and, and, and guide that portion of the people that are interested in it with, with uh, betting, but uh, I just think too many things can happen with any kind of certainty that, that you've got to really just kind of buckle yourself in and, and see where the game takes you. Kevin, I'm so glad you brought brought up the, the the Jags' first half where they were down huge, huge going into the second half, and we, you know, I mean, we even had it with the Buccaneers, Cowboys in moments like that because like Al Michaels took a lot of flack for like trying to sell a fight earlier this year where he asked Kirk Herbstreet like, ah, sometimes it's so bad it's good, and Herbie was like. Nope, no, it's not. And there were people who reacted to that. When when you get in a game where it's three scores, four scores at halftime, for you, does that how do how do you handle that as a broadcaster trying to keep that game interesting? Well, I I I get selfish with it, and I uh, will approach it like, all right, I'm going to sharpen my own broadcasting. I'm going to work on on. Uh, it's easy to let a game like this, uh, you know, take your concentration. And move it aside, and and I, I, you fight that. So as a broadcaster, you work on total focus and concentration, and uh, you work on on perfecting the call, and and doing things that maybe uh, you can exercise your brain with uh, by telling more stories or throwing in uh, more tidbits or or whatever. So there's always a challenge there for the broadcaster. It's not as as at least for me selfishly. I look to get better and, and try to improve and use that time to get good reps in, as I think a lot of players do if they're in a bad game, lopsided game. They know that every play is on tape, and um, you'd, you'd be stunned. Like, we'll be doing a game. I'm in Phoenix tonight for TNT, and we'll be doing a lopsided game on TNT, and and I'll say something or make a mistake in a 30-point game in the fourth quarter when I know, you know, the outcome is – is in and, and no one is watching, and you'd be stunned at how if, if you say one wrong stat or one you know line that may not be completely correct, how people will jump on it, and and how people are still watching even even in a blowout. So I think the NFL with these gargantuan numbers they've got and the viewing and the listening numbers are just historic in in terms of where they rank and and how they you know make the league the, the most listened to, most watched league in the world. How you, you've got you've got to kind of be on at all times, and and that's when you really I think it's not oh I got to earn my money because I got to come up with a bunch of stories. I think you just you keep going, you keep rowing, you keep chopping wood, and you keep delivering the game as if it's a a, a closer game than the score may indicate. So I like that exercise when it does occur to to uh, force myself to sharpen my own uh, own tools in my toolbox, make sure I I stay on top of it. Kevin, this past weekend, Trevor Lawrence pulls that upset, uh, of course, over the Chargers, and then makes the first ever, I think, reservation at a Waffle House and takes his teammates there <laughs> after the game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was asked about that this week, and he said he's going to have to try and one-up him if they can get the, the W this weekend. Number one, will, will Waffle House make the broadcast this weekend? And, uh, and two, are you, are you a Waffle House guy? Uh, I've only been one time. Oh, okay. um, my daughter went. My daughter went to Georgia, and down there, she said yeah. oh, it's, it's a it's a religion. Um, but I've only been one time, and I got <laughs> trying to think. I got something like with everything in it: eggs and vegetables and chopped bacon and like like a big bowl of 
and it was delicious. I don't know why I haven't gone back, actually. I pass them all the time. And uh, and believe me, if, if Lawrence can win in Arrowhead against the Super Bowl favorite right now and beat Mahomes, um, uh, not only is it going to do wonders for the league and strengthening, you know, smaller market, bottom of the uh, league interest teams like Jacksonville is, it's going to put Lawrence in a completely different conversation. Actually, in the last two months, he's had, if not the best, like the second best quarterback rating in the NFL, which has coincided with their winning streak of five games to end the regular season, which included an overtime win against Dallas in Jacksonville. So their team is, is, is rising. We have seen often in this league when a, a, a team has the right momentum, and you can go back to the 2010 Packers and, and, and the Giants, you know, with records of eight, nine wins or whatever it was, ten wins, and coming in maybe as a sixth seed when they just only had six. Now they've got seven, but only when, when they were the last team getting in the playoffs in their conference. And now they've marched right to a Super Bowl and won it. So I, I think when you get to this stage, you don't get to this stage unless you've got something to show. And Jacksonville certainly feels like that. And and if I'm Waffle House and I'm running that company and Lawrence wins again, uh, I'm going to give him carte blanche in a lifetime pass at Waffle House because they got great they got great uh, reviews by going in there after that historic win last week against the Chargers, which now they go to Kansas City with with house money. Right? They they have not one ounce of pressure on them. They can let it rip. And that's a, that's a dangerous opponent because everyone's picking the Chiefs. No one's picking the Jaguars. They didn't think they'd make the second weekend. Uh, they're, they're a significant underdog. Uh, this is the kind of game that you've really got to be on. And I, I anticipate the Chiefs will, but I think it'll be closer than people think as well. Kevin, you're so good at this. You're making me hungry just by saying the word Waffle House. <laughs> I, I think I think that's a skill that I think you've tapped into there. Kevin Harlan on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. So yeah, I, I love kind of your talking points there on Trevor Lawrence, and it really does feel like this is that arrival moment for a guy that was hailed as a generational prospect from a matchup perspective. What's the key to Jacksonville, not just making this a game, but but spoiling uh, spoiling things for the, the, the very heavily favored Kansas City Chiefs? Well, you know, the Chiefs have not played their best football here the last month and a half. They struggled twice against Denver. And uh, a lot of teams were pushing Denver all season long and, and running right over them. And uh, they went to overtime in Houston and barely beat the Texans. Um, and people said, well, I think they're bored. I don't know if they're bored. It's just that they get everybody's best shot because they've got the, you know, the quarterback, they've got the X on their back, they've got the, you know, they're, they're a marked team. And, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of pride in this league. And when you take on a team that's talked about as much as the Chiefs are, um, you know, I, I think that the, the I think that the Jaguars will give Kansas City all they can handle. At the end, it may not be close, but I think I think they're, they're definitely not going to lay down, and I don't think it's too big for them. I think they've I think that part has come and gone, especially for a guy like Lawrence, who has played in big games, won a national championship, was the first pick. You know, I mean, like he's he's been in the spotlight, you know, his entire life. It seems like when he was playing high school ball back in back in Georgia. So it's it's not too big for him and I don't think it's too big for a lot of these players either. I think they 
They, they went to Kansas City earlier this year. They know exactly what they're going to get. They know they're going to get a wall of noise. Uh, they're, they're going to get, you know, a, a, a ferocious, loud environment. But they've, they've been through that. They did it a couple couple weeks ago. They went to Kansas City and lost, I think, by 10 or, or, or uh, maybe 17 points. But the point is, is that they know it. And they're a different team now than when they played the Chiefs. They went on their win streak after that loss in Kansas City. So I think they feel they're different. And I think the Chiefs uh, probably aren't maybe feeling as invincible as they should or trying to think, okay, can't we flip the switch now? I think they were playing hard before. I just think that they were getting everybody's best shot, as, as champions usually do. So um, they're ready, and, and they're healthy, and Jacksonville's relatively healthy. And, uh, you know, for an underdog, for a team that comes in and is not expected to win, you got to control what you control. You don't turn it over. You get your first downs. You keep their offense off the field. Uh, and you play within what you do. You can't extend yourself and try to do things that have not been part of your M.O. all season long. And they've got a Super Bowl-winning coach in Doug Peterson, who's been leading them, uh, you know, all season long and turned the team around dramatically this year and worked well with that quarterback. We've seen two head coaches work very well with their quarterbacks this year. Brian Dable in New York with the Giants, Daniel Jones. He's just done a magnificent job uh, to get him on the on the right road. And I think Peterson's done the exact same thing with Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. Same message, you know, same frame of reference and, and, and done the right thing with these quarterbacks. That's great coaching to me. When you see what you've got, know what they can and can't do, know where they are in their development, and both those coaches did that with these two quarterbacks, and the results, uh, they've got two winners the first week of the playoffs. That's pretty good. Kevin, we can't wait to hear you this weekend. You always do such a great job, and you you really make the the playoffs uh, feel as big as they really are. So we we can't wait to hear you. I know you got a Cavs game coming up here in the near future. Can't wait for that. And in our one request here. Uh, is that the next time you do go to Waffle House, make sure to put it on Twitter and tag uh, myself and Dustin so we can see whatever you're going for because then we'll shortly thereafter go there together and maybe send it back. I don't know. We could be, we do like a, what is it, the, 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 the junk mail thread of just Waffle House. <laughs> I'll do that. My problem is my wife and I, we've got three daughters, and, and they never want to go to stuff like that. They want to get healthy stuff. They want to get salads and they want to get vegetables and they need, like i want i want food and that would be a great place to go so if i go i'm doing the picture i'm sending it your way and and, and we'll, we'll we'll jump on the uh, the trevor lawrence bandwagon here with being uh new uh waffle uh houseians or whatever we would call <laughs> houseians we'll, we'll, we'll figure out a name for it we'll, we'll come up with a new crew We'll order first, and then we'll work on the verbiage for whatever yeah, we're going to call thank ourselves. You, thank you. Well said. Kevin, well said. Uh, you're the best, man. I appreciate you so much. Thank you, guys. Great to be on. Thank you so much. Hope we're going to be in Cleveland this time next year. That'd be great with your quarterback in a full full off season with him and uh, hopefully a regularity to his life and working in the off season. And, um, and hopefully we're in Cleveland this time next year talking about the Browns. The Browns in a playoff game. That would be terrific. Oh, if that happens, it's you, me, and Dustin at Waffle House. And, uh, and <laughs> all the unhealthy stuff. Do they have them in Cleveland? Surely they've got them in Cleveland, Oh, right? oh yes, sir. Yes. Good, good. Good to know. Good uh, to know. Thank all right, you Kevin. <laughs> be good, buddy. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Take care. You and I talked a little bit about the Trevor Lawrence stuff yesterday. I, 
I really wish we learned to enjoy the ascension better and kind of enjoy that ascension and kind of prolong it before we start tearing players down because I think it's the coolest thing in the world that there was a point even early this season, Dustin, where you could say, like, is, is Trevor going to fulfill on that generational promise? And if you look in probably the last eight weeks of of his performance, not only is he fulfilling, like, you beat the Chiefs or you take the Chiefs to the wire this weekend, and we're going to have to have a real conversation about uh, Trevor Lawrence joining the upper echelon of great elite yeah. quarterbacks in the NFL. No, it, it's a good point, Nick, because – we always do this with, with quarterbacks that are up in comers. And when they're on the biggest stage and they have these opportunities, it certainly, I think, will put us in a position where we may look at Trevor Lawrence, if he's able to beat Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. in the playoffs and take them to the uh, the AFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what, what, <laughs> what comes what, after what, this? What, carry the two. Carry the two. Always uh, carry the two. No, but I, I think you're right. I, I do think we'll we'll probably put him on a bit of a pedestal. I think what's crazy is I, I'm just jotting this down, um, and there's going to be one or two guys I leave out of this because I don't think they belong in this conversation. The four-year run on quarterbacks yeah. from 2017 to 2021 is on it's obscene. Watson in Mahomes in 2017. 2018 is Josh Allen in Lamar Jackson. Um, 2019, although we can debate whether he belongs there, is Kyler Murray. 2020 is Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. And 2021 is Trevor Lawrence. That's, I mean, you, you talk about like the, the and, and I think some of this is how, um, how off-season has changed for quarterbacks, how, you know, whether it's spring football, which has kind of exploded over the last 20 years, whether it's just the the availability of better coaching to these right. quarterbacks. Like, the fact that we can say the next generation of quarterbacks fell from 2017 to 2021. And, oh, by the way, there were good quarterbacks drafted before that, Dak, in, I think, 2015 or 2016. Yep. Like, there's going to be more quarterbacks, although I don't know this year's going to give us one of those guys but like we, we've always talked about like the the problem in the NFL is you don't have enough elite quarterbacks I feel like you actually have a chance right now at like 10 elite quarterbacks that's one third of the league that you can say are our true franchise quarterbacks that's about as much as I can ever remember in my life especially once you start to kind of bounce it back to 32 teams right there's a lot of really good quarterbacks right now and it's so funny because it feels like, I don't know, five, six years ago, we had all the old quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. We had Peyton Manning. Uh, we had Drew Brees. Obviously, we still have Brady. We still have Rodgers. But it felt like that was what we had. Yeah. And we're like, what's the next wave of young quarterbacks? And then guys come into the league, and you're like, okay, who, who's going to like step up? Because like, there's a, you know, RG3 comes into the league. I mean, you think about some of the guys that were drafting. Jameis, Marcus Jameis, Mariota. Mar- Marcus Mariota at one point. like You're you're like, who's going to take the reins? Mm-hmm. And hell, even last year, people thought Trevor Lawrence was a bust. Mm-hmm. I feel, I kind of feel like, and this is kind of getting a little in the weeds, I kind of feel like there was a generation of young quarterbacks that got hurt because they didn't fit the old way of football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... And the NFL wasn't quite ready for them, right? Like, Marcus Mariota comes out today. He's probably developed differently mm-hmm. than he was, you know, 10 years ago. 
Um, Jameis was. Uh, that's just a whole different thing. I think I I think he's become a good NFL quarterback. I don't think he's great for other reasons that that, that have nothing to do with actual football and more to do with him being a bit of a goober. Yeah. Um. But like you start, to, I mean, even RG three, like RG three, when when Lamar, when that criticism was rolling in for Lamar this last weekend, right? He was like, ah, don't do it. He's yeah, like, I mean, listen, he had a complete tear of like every ligament in his knee, and he did and, it twice, right? Did yeah. he do it once at Baylor? Uh, I believe once at Baylor, and then he did it that season prior yeah. to the playoffs, and he should not have played in that game. And by but, the way, had it been twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three, he would not have played. And that again, I just think, I think we're on a, a really cool precipice here. And, and what'll be really interesting is to see how the Deshaun Watson, um, the view on that trade ages, because if if Deshaun balls out three years from now, it'll be looked at as one of the greatest trades in NFL history, no matter what happens. You and I got into this yesterday. Like I've already started to see. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't care if the Houston Texans draft, you know, Bryce Young, and yeah. he turns into the next great thing. As long as the Browns go to the playoffs and get themselves close to a championship or win a championship in the next few years, it's not going to matter how good the Houston Texans are. I also think that's like a distinctly Cleveland thing. What's of, that? Oh, we're going to lose this trade. I feel like we're. I I feel like, and maybe this is because we've just had so many huge trades. Like right, like the Guardians. There was a stretch run where it was like Sabathia and Lee, and it was just like another elite player after elite player that they had either traded for and developed, or just outright developed and had to offload. I mean, even Lindor and Clevenger. And by the way, both those trades working out insanely well for for the Cleveland Guardians. But like, I, I think you, you know, like. The Sean Kemp trade. Like, I think we've had so many, like, amazing deals go wrong. And especially when it comes to the Browns. Even the even the things that felt elementary, the easy layups, they messed up. I mean, you can, hell, you can make that case for Baker Mayfield. They drafted Baker Mayfield, one, because of Moxie. And all the while, a guy that went six picks after him and a guy that went 31 picks after him all they've done is be MVP candidates. So I totally understand the gun shyness, but I'll tell you right now, I think it's going to get even harder and harder to get franchise quarterbacks from here on out. Because, why, why so? Because I think it, I think I think you're start, I think it's become the price is so huge. Um, and you saw it with the Trey Lance deal. San Francisco gave up three ones for the right to draft the third best quarterback prospect in that class three ones for that like this isn't um what was it the rams trading everything for the number one pick this isn't washington trading up to get rg3 and uh, in fairness i think he was the second best quarterback in that draft behind andrew luck no no this is and oh by the way i think i don't think we're going to see the kind of veteran movement that we think like i think it, you think what, roger stays you think? I mean, obviously, Carr's gone, but but like of elite quarterbacks, like Lamar, I mean, Harbaugh just said today, two hundred percent, he's staying. I think Lamar's the only guy who qualifies as elite now that I think actually might go anywhere. Yeah, but like in two years, it, who's it, is is uh, what is Herbert going to ask out of L.A.? No, you know what I mean. Like, 
I don't know. I just I think I think that that trade is going to age really really well. Uh, we did get some NFL news. Obviously, Bill O'Brien interviewing in New England to be the OC there. Uh, there's been a lot of head coaching interview news out there. We got to get into the Sean Payton stuff at some point and what he's kind of potentially asking for. But we did find out yesterday. Uh, one of the big pieces of news came out was that the NFL has announced the teams designated for international uh, games. Yes. And it was the Chiefs Patriots in Germany and the Bills in London were among the uh, five teams that were announced. The Jaguars also going to be there uh, as they continue their uh, – it was a multi-year commitment for uh, – what is it? Oh, United Kingdom. And I, It's UK and Germany, right? It, it's funny. Yeah, UK and Germany. It's funny. I don't care about this. They made a big announcement about this morning, and I, I, I saw it on my timeline, and I just didn't really have much interest. Yeah, and, and, and not just that. And by, by the way, there's one team I didn't mention. I don't think I mentioned the Titans are also going to be playing overseas. One, as a fan, I, I hate it when my team, I hate it when the Browns play overseas. Because I don't, I can't afford to go to England or Germany. So, in terms of the television product, like, all right, you're gonna, I gotta wake up, I gotta make sure I'm up and available by nine thirty, which I is kind of do like that though. Oh no, I hate it. I love my Sunday schedule. I'm, I'm even a curmudgeon when it comes to Sunday night or Monday night football games. Because I just give me my one o'clock, give me that one p.m. kickoff. Because then the rest of my day set. All right. Every other day, I just no. I like my one p.m. But here's the other part of it. I was thinking about this. Like they, these are great organizations. The Bills, Chiefs, and Patriots playing overseas is huge. Uh, and and the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence, that's huge. The problem is, what's the matchup going to be? Is it going to be uh, Chiefs Lions in in, uh, in 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 Dusseldorf? Man, Dumbledore. Yeah, we're, we're, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna put uh, we're gonna put Dan Campbell and Andy Reid in Lederhosen uh, out in front. Where that's how that's how we're, that, okay. That doesn't do it for me. You know what I mean? Like I it, think it, to me it doesn't matter. The, the field looks the same. The TV product's great. I watch it. I like nine thirty football. Mm-hmm. It gets my day going leading up to the one o'clock kickoffs. I just think they need to do a better. It's become like Thursday night football to me. Yeah. Is my, my greater point. I think you need to do a better job of putting good matchups there. Like I, I, I think I think the novelty has worn off. I think just having a uh, a stadium in Germany where there are German fans that was really cool three years ago, two years ago, whatever it was, the first time they did it. But like now, like okay, I, I'm sure the league sees value in it. I mean, oh, like they, no, it's, they, it's, they've it's, they've it's, got probably millions of numbers to look at to try and quantify why this. Is, is a valuable asset to the league. I totally understand the value to the league. I'm saying, as an American observer of these games, they suck. The games suck? Yeah, the games... Well, sorry, uh, the matchups suck. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, the Jaguars play in, like, every year kind of sucks. Yeah, and it's like the Jaguars... It's like an out-of-conference game, and it... And it like, the Jags-Broncos uh, game this year was, like, what the one of the worst games ever. Yes, and, and granted, like, narrative-wise, I get it. Russell Wilson versus Trevor Lawrence, right? But you had a team that just had the number one pick versus a team that was a middle, what was it, eighth pick, ninth pick, and that was traded for Russell Wilson. 
That's all. If if you're going to continue to try and make Americans interested in the game, I totally get the idea of you're trying to grow the game in Europe, and they eventually want an NFL Europe that's a division. I totally get that. Forward thinking, billions of dollars, totally cool. But if you want my fat ass at nine thirty on a Sunday morning to wake up, I'm going to need a better matchup than Lions versus the Titans. I'm going to need a better matchup. I'm going to need Bills Chiefs. That's what I'm going to need. Well, you're going to get the Bills playing who? Uh, so they they, Bill, didn't, they didn't announce. They announced the matchup, but I thought it was Bills Titans, or was I just seeing the teams? No, they just gonna... announced the yeah. home okay. teams. Gotcha. Yeah, but like, and by the way, those are the home teams, so they doesn't announce who they're going to play. Got it. But yeah, I just if 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 you want the American fan to care about those games, which it, they might not, it might just be. Like, People are going to watch that are going to watch. We don't really care about that. We more care about the international fans. That's cool. If you want me, give me something better. Just having the Bills isn't enough. Just having the Chiefs isn't enough. Uh, maybe maybe the Chiefs. I do like me some homes. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.